Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome into Going Low, powered by Bowser Chevrolet. Kale Berger here with you Saturday morning, Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. We've got Nicholas Callis behind the glass. Harry, how we doing? Good. It's a good morning. Good morning. Good to talk to you. Everything good? Yeah, I'd say so. Perfect. Nothing out of the ordinary. Okay. okay. (laughs) Sounds good. Sounds good. A lot to get to on today's show, and you might think that this is kind of, you know, uh, maybe a lull in in the golf calendar here. You know, we are uh, a few weeks removed from the U.S. Open. We are still two weeks away from the Open Championship. The PGA Tour right now is of the John Deere Classic. Um, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. My apologies to them. That is kind of the the random event of the year that I always kind of point to as just being uh, not pointless, but obscure, lower tier, obviously not something that's marquee or somewhat of a designated event or something like that. So um, my apologies to them, but... Uh, that is the event on the PGA Tour this week. It is, of course, uh, the John Deere Classic, and uh, we're ramping up for the Open Championship at Royal Liverpool here in a uh, in a couple of weeks, and we'll talk about that as we close things out at the end of the show. Looking ahead to that, our um, you know final major championship on the men's side of the year. But I say on the men's side because we're going to start things off here today talking about the women. It is the U.S. Women's Open at Pebble Beach this weekend. Okay, happening right now. Was watching it last night. The uh, you know the ending of the second round, and we'll we'll dive into that and a lot of the takeaways and big storylines coming up here in a second because you know we have some uh, titans of the game, icons of the women's game that are you know calling it a career from a U.S. Open perspective. Uh, we have some young stars that are contending, and you know some even describing them as prodigies. Uh, that are putting on a show and uh, are in contention here going into the weekend. And we also, um, you know, have kind of a weird setup in this uh, U.S. Women's Open where, you know, the the stars uh, that are maybe some of the more recognizable names that you are familiar with aren't necessarily there in contention around. Um, so we could talk about that too. And, you know, lastly, I have to to add one final thing uh, that happened over the last couple of days early on in this uh, Women's U.S. Open as there was a disqualification for something that, you know, seems like kind of an honest mistake, but maybe it is a commentary on something that should be implemented around the professional golf world as well. I'll give you that here in a couple of minutes as well. We'll talk about Ricky Fowler finally getting back to the winner's circle as he won the Rocket Mortgage Classic last week in uh, Detroit and... We also got to talk about a guy that made some history. That, of course, will be Bernhard Longer on the uh, Champions Tour. We'll talk about him coming up here in a little bit as well. But as I said, the uh, U.S. Women's Open, 
taking place this weekend at Pebble Beach. Of course, one of the most iconic golf courses that there is in not only the United States, but in the world. It's breathtaking views. It's a unique climate and environment. So many iconic moments, uh, of course, with with past major championships there uh, on the men's side. And, you know, for this year for the women, this is, you know, the, the first time that the U.S. Women's Open is being played at Pebble Beach. And so it's great to see so many stars of the women's game, especially uh, two players that we'll talk about here in a minute in Michelle Wee West and Annika Sorenstam. You know, it is really cool to see the two of them, especially where they are at in their careers, be able to play a, you know, a course like this, an iconic golf course that is hosting the U.S. Women's Open this weekend. But this is kind of a, the start of a trend of, of what they are trying to do, the USGA, um, in terms of, you know, getting the, you know, the na- national championship uh, for the ladies at some more of these iconic courses. You know, not that they haven't played some of the, the best courses in the country before, but, you know, we see with the U.S. Open uh, for the men, you know, they're playing Oakmont, they're playing Marion, they're playing Pebble Beach. And now we are seeing them, you know, try to do that on the women's side as well. And, you know, you look at some of the venues that are in the, loca- in the uh, rotation coming up here over the next, you know, decade or so. I mean, you have Marion in Philadelphia in 34 and 46. I mean, that's obviously a ways away, but you have Oakmont coming up here in 2028, also in 2038, and then they're going to host it at Oakland Hills in 31 and 42. So, you know, this is kind of the start of a trend here over the next, uh, you know, 15, 20 years where the national championship on the women's side is going to be played at some of these iconic courses. Of course, they've played it at Pinehurst number two before. Uh, that's where Michelle Wee West won her one and only major championship, her only U.S. Open uh, back in 2014. And that's been one of the big storylines of this week so far is Michelle Wee West being one of the, you know, modern icons of the game uh, saying farewell. You know, she's 33 years old. Uh, she recently became a mom and she has decided that this would kind of be her last U.S. Open. Uh, she played last year, became a mom, and then realized, you know, this is my final, you know, 10-year exemption that I'll get to play in the U.S. Open. So, uh, she decided, you know, why not trot out there one more time? You know, she's already pretty much retired from uh, other professional competition, but she wanted to play this final U.S. Open, uh, go out here at an iconic course like Pebble Beach, and then basically call it a career. They asked her after the round yesterday because, of course, she didn't make the cut. Um, you know, you look at the leaderboard right now, and, you know, Michelle Wee West ended up being, I want to say, like 14 over. I want to see say Annika was about the same as well, but they were in a, a pairing together, and it was a really cool moment to see those two, you know, walk down 18, such a famous hole at Pebble Beach, in that final pairing together to, you know, basically close out their U.S. Open careers. You know, Michelle Wee West has been very open about it. Annika has, you know, it, it seems like this is her final one as well, though, you know, based on her competitiveness um, and, and her longevity of her career, I don't think anyone really thinks that she's going to be done playing, you know, professional competitive golf uh, whenever she gets an opportunity to do that. But, you know, in the case of Michelle Wee West, um, you know, she was labeled so young as a prodigy. And, you know, it's kind of hard to believe that you look back on her career and, you know, for as an icon, icon that she is in the women's game and 
for how much she has won and being a recognizable figure. You know, she only won five LPGA Tour events, and that includes her U.S. Open that she won at Pinehurst in 2014. But, you know, whether it is, you know, just kind of the attention she brought to the game, you know, remember back, I don't know how many years ago, but when she was, you know, trying to compete in some of the men's tournaments, and that actually, you know, got some controversy. And even Annika was, was someone that, you know, wasn't necessarily a fan of, even though Annika had done that in the past. She wasn't necessarily a fan that Michelle Wee was, you know, trying to do that and, and trying to be, you know, a, a woman's player playing in some of the men's events. And in some of them, you know, she even, you know, one, I think she was even able to, you know, make the cut and, and put on a pretty good performance. Um, you know, other ones, she didn't fare as well. But, you know, I, I think when you look back at her career, there's going to be a discussion about, you know, what could have been with her. Because, like I said, only five wins on the LPGA Tour. Um Part of that was due to injury, and that's kind of one of the unfortunate things in sports is that, you know, as for as much hype as you can have, for as much attention as you can garner, for as popular as you can be, ultimately, you know, one of the things that you can't count on and you have to count on as, as an athlete is that your body holds up, is that you take care of yourself in a way that you put all of the necessary training, conditioning, nutrition into your body, and even with all that attention you pay to it, um, it still seems like there's an element of chance or good luck. And we've seen that with so many athletes across sports. Um, and that certainly can be something that can be applied to um, Michelle Wee as well. But so she calls it a career. And then that is something, an interesting dynamic that, you know, other sports don't have to deal with or, or, or at least guys don't have to deal with on the um, PGA tour. But it's something that in the WNBA they have to deal with. It's something that has to be, you know, considered on when it comes to women's soccer. You know, when you look at the U.S. women's national team, um, that desire to become a mom, you know, when you have children, um, that is is something that these players have to consider and they have to grasp with that, you know, based on our our, our, our gender roles in our society today, you know, uh, the, the, the men, a lot of them don't have to, you know, make those tough decisions. And, you know, like I said, she's only 33 years old, but uh, deciding to call it a career now because she wants to dedicate, dedicate her, her life full time to being a mom. So, um, you know, kudos to her. Congratulations to her on, on what a career it has been. And, uh, you know, the best of luck to her in that next chapter of her life, which uh, she seems very excited to to be a part of. It was cool in this final pairing yesterday with Michelle Wee and Annika, the fact that uh, they had, you know, their husbands were on the bag for them, caddying for them yesterday, okay? And they had, um, you know, in, in Annika's case, her, her son, who has basically, like, for the last year especially, but, you know, he's a young kid, is obsessed with golf, and has, you know, been lock and step with his mom following her um, because he's so enthralled with the game. He was, you know, right there inside the ropes following her in this final round as well. Again, yesterday, I even got some TV time. They interviewed him on uh, on um, the broadcast on on the USA Network after the round as well. And he was, you know, the kid had the biggest smile I've ever, think I've ever seen. Little kid, missing his two front teeth and stuff. But it was cool because not only was he kind of having the time of his life to be on TV like that and get interviewed, but also... You know, you can tell the relationship he has with his mom, Annika Sorenstam, who is the goat of of women's golf for me. And I and I reposted on our social medias yesterday. You know, you heard this in our interview we did a couple of weeks ago or a month ago with Fred Funk. Um, 
he talked about that iconic moment where he played that Skins game out in Palm Springs with Tiger Woods, Freddie Couples, and Annika. And he said to Annika, you know, if you outdrive me, I'll put on a skirt. And she's like, well, you better get a nice one. And he's like, well, why is that? Because, you know, he didn't want her to be offended or something and asked her. And, and she said, well, because I'm going to outdrive you. And he was like, well, I didn't know you were cocky, too. But ultimately, that's what happened is Annika outdrove Fred Funk, not regarded as one of the really ever one of the longer players on the PGA Tour when he was there or certainly on the Champions Tour now. Um, she outdrove him. He put on a skirt. And it's turned into one of the more iconic moments in Skins history and golf history to see, you know, those four players. And, and he's rocking a, a pink flower skirt. Uh, because Annika outdrove him. And you can check that out on her social media channels at Going Low Fan. Um, but, you know, you look back at Annika's career. I, I was, you know, reading through it last night, you know, just trying to research for the for the show and stuff. You know, she's a, you know, 10-time major champion. Um, she, uh, of course, competed in in some of these uh, in, in, in men's tournaments as well, just like Michelle Wee West was trying to do earlier in her career. And, and it was interesting to me, like, the, the one I, I got to, confirm here you know which one it ultimately was that she that she competed in um way back in the day but you know there was like some controversy surrounding that as well and I didn't realize that it was involving uh VJ Singh so she was invited to play in the Colonial at Fort Worth in Fort Worth Texas back in May of 2003 and you know while she became you know like the first woman to play in a PGA Tour event since you know, 1945, at, when Babe Zaharias uh, qualified for the 1945 LA Open, some people were, you know, inspired by it. Certainly, some some women's players were inspired by it and thought it was very cool at the attention she was garnering. Um, but you know, one guy specifically, I didn't realize. You know, certainly because I wasn't necessarily paying a ton of attention then. I was only six years old or so. But Vijay Singh was not a fan of it. And he was saying that she should have had to qualify like all the men. I mean, she got a sponsor exemption. And that he didn't want to be beaten by a woman, which seems like a very antiquated way of thinking. Um, but I didn't know that. Um, so that was kind of really interesting and cool to to learn of that and, and kind of what she dealt with at the time. But, I mean, you look back on her career, and like I said, to me, the unquestioned GOAT. I mean, seven, 72 wins all time on the LPGA Tour. Um, she's won 10 majors. You know, won the Women's British Open, three times won the Chevron Championship, three times won the uh, Women's PGA, three times wins the U.S. Women's Open. Uh, most recently in 2006, that was her most recent major. So, um, you know, credit to her and congratulations on her career as well. But like I said, I'm not necessarily sure that she is going to um, hang it up, per se, after this. Uh, the other kind of storyline of this U.S. Women's Open is that, you know, the stars— Maybe some of the names that you are more familiar with if you are a, a casual golf fan out there or just a casual observer um, of, you know, the, the the women's game. A lot of the stars and current stars of the game you've come to expect aren't really there or around or in contention right now. Um, you know, you look at this leaderboard currently right now, uh, leading is Bailey Tardy of the United States. She's 7-under uh, after firing an opening round 69, backing that up with a 68 yesterday. Um other than that, I mean, where are the really big players and stars of the game right now? I mean, Lexi Thompson, uh, her really nightmare of a, of a season thus far has continued right now. Um, pretty sure she missed the cut again yesterday. Uh, Nellie Corda, she made the cut, but she's like 12 shots back or something like that. I mean, she's the world number two right now. 
and um, uh, Jin Young-Ko as well, who is the world number one. I mean, I, I think she ended up making the cut here. She was in that final pairing uh, as well with 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 Annika and Michelle Wee. So, uh, no, she didn't make the cut either. So, a, a lot of the big stars of the game today are not in contention, are really not going to be a factor. But one player is. And if you haven't heard about this player, uh, this is probably a, a commentary on you or you've been living under a rock. And that, of course, would be Rose Zhang. Rose Zhang is regarded right now, is viewed right now as like a Tiger Woods level prodigy in the women's game. Okay. She of course also went to Stanford. She's only been pro for about a month and she won her first, her professional debut. She ended up winning that. She was one of the favorites coming into this tournament. I mean, you look at what she has done in her very, very young career. It is, you know, kind of insane. I mean, first of all, she, well, first of all, here here are her collegiate numbers. Okay, here's what she did at Stanford. In 20 starts, she had 12 wins. She had 19 top 10s. She finished in the top 20 in all of her collegiate starts. She recorded a round of par or better in 87 of her rounds she played. Over half of her rounds were in the 60s. She's a two-time NCAA individual champion. And she's also a two-time Annika Award winner, being one of the best women's golf, uh, you know, amateur players or collegiate players in the world. She's also won the U.S. Women's Amateur. She won her first uh, professional debut this year, as I as I said as well. And uh, she also won the Augusta National Women's Amateur as well. So she's had like a ridiculous career already. She had this. Video that went viral earlier this week in one of her practice rounds at Pebble Beach where she's, you know, teeing off on that iconic par three that's overlooking the Pacific Ocean. And she hits her tee shot. And I kid you not, if you haven't seen it, you have to go search it out and check it out on social media. But it's kind of crazy. Hits her tee shot. The tee flips up in the air and lands perfectly in her back pocket. Like, it is one of the most insane things I have ever seen. Obviously, it was just kind of dumb luck, crazy luck. But... It's that's the kind of magic that she's capable of. And if you haven't seen her, if you haven't watched her play, um, she truly is a wizard. And she's only like 20 years old. Very, very, very good. And like I said, is regarded as, you know, kind of uh, the next big thing as the prodigy, potentially the next, you know, Tiger Woods. And the Tiger Woods comparisons are there um, because obviously they both went to Stanford. But uh, the comparisons are there, and for good reason, because she is very, very good. The other thing that really strikes me about this, uh, the U.S. Women's Open, is, you know, some of these players made their debut, you know, at the, at some of these tournaments, you know, when they were like 11, 12 years old. I mean, you look at like Lexi Thompson, for example, this is her 17th. U.S. Women's Open. She's 28 years old. The first one she played, she was 11. I mean, that's insane. And like we doubt, we don't see that at all in the on the in the men's game. I think primarily just because obviously an 11 year old doesn't have the length to compete with these guys, and you know it's it's hard to believe that an 11 year old on the ladies' side has the length to compete or the game to compete 
or to even qualify for this. But nevertheless, you know, Lexi Thompson's playing it, played in her 17th U.S. Open at the age of 28 years old is uh, is kind of insane. The last thing I wanted to mention about this is there was a little bit of of controversy earlier this week as you know we saw uh, one of these uh, competitors that ended up getting disqualified because her caddy was using a rangefinder. Now, rangefinders are allowed on the LPGA Tour, so I don't necessarily blame the caddy for thinking or forgetting that he couldn't use a rangefinder to get the yardage and distance. And it wasn't just like a one-hole deal. And the rules official said, you know, if you would have just done it on one hole, we would have given her a two-stroke penalty, whatever it was, and then we move on. But apparently it was like five holes in before anyone noticed, and they were using a rangefinder the entire time. The player gets disqualified. But it raises this question that I, I've heard a lot where, you know, the consideration of bringing rangefinders onto the PGA Tour. People thinking it'll speed up the pace of play, uh, that it'll make things faster, that it'll get things moving along more. I disagree with it. I, I think, number one, one of the unique things about golf is that player-caddy relationship. The caddies put in so much effort, attention. Uh, they are so committed to their craft, you know, with the way that they are, you know, pacing out distances, with the way that they are analyzing a course and using those, you know, tools and, and things that they learn to assist their player. And the type of camaraderie that that relationship requires, to me, is, I think, something that makes professional golf special. Could we speed things up a little bit? Probably. I don't think golf has a baseball problem. I think golf is what golf is to an extent. And for me, if you like it, you like it. And turns out a lot of people really enjoy it. I don't think it has the problem with baseball where it's something that's turned into, you know, a five-hour slog all the time. Golf is golf. It's just inherently what it is. But I also think that using a rangefinder for the pros, kind of takes a little bit of the craftsmanship, kind of takes a little bit of the challenge out of it. Like, you and I out there should be using a rangefinder because, yeah, it speeds up the play when we're playing at our local municipal course or a public course when no one wants to play a five-hour round there. But also, we're not pros. You know, we shouldn't be asked to be able to, you know, identify just basically by eyesight if a shot is... 115, 120, 125. But if you're a guy that's a, a professional golfer on the PGA Tour, and I mean, they're using rangefinders in the PGA Championship, and I didn't love that. Like, if you are a professional golfer, sorry. Use the caddy. Figure it out yourself. But I don't like the idea of using the rangefinders. But they use them on the LPGA Tour, and uh, someone, it cost them as they ended up getting DQ'd from the U.S. Women's Open at Pebble Beach uh, earlier this week. More to come here on the show. Coming up next, some history made last week. I told you we aren't going to touch on the PGA Tour a ton this week. We will a little bit later in the show. We start off with um, the women's side of the game, and now we go to the old guys. As one of the vets, one of the legends of the game, made some history this week. We'll talk about that coming up next. It's Kilberger for Going Low. Powered by Bowser Chevrolet and Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. 
Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to Going Low, powered by Bowser's Chevrolet. Kale Berger here with you. Reminder, you can always stay and play at the Comfort Inn Somerset. John Deere Classic this weekend. Let's give an update on that uh, leaderboard right now. As uh, we are ramping up here to the Open Championship at Royal Liverpool in just a couple of weeks. As things currently stand at the moment, JT Poston is your leader at 21 under. Uh, you got Christian Benzenhout at uh, 18 under. I know I butcher his name every single time, and I try, and I tried to say it with confidence, but that's a name that you, every single time you see on the leaderboard, you hope that he's not going to play well. Not because you don't like the guy but because you don't want to have to say his name. So every single time he comes up, I usually scramble to try and find and see if I can see the exact pronunciation. I'll never remember it. Um, but we also got Emiliano Grillo there. You got uh, Chris Goddard up, up there at 17 under. Scott Stallings at 17 under. Denny McCarthy, 16. Callum Terran at 16 under. Cam Davis at 15 under. Um, Cameron Young had been, you know, playing fairly well going into yesterday, and I'm, I'm not seeing Cameron Young right now, so uh, I'm not I'm not sure if something happened here or, you know, uh, what's the deal there. But uh, we will uh, try to get to the bottom of it of what happened with uh, with Cameron Young. Let's see. Oh, of course, it's showing me the wrong John Deere Classic here. Thanks, guys. PGA Tour website. Uh, pulls up the 2022 John Deere Classic because that's super helpful. Appreciate it, guys. Let's give you the actual leaderboard. Okay, there we go. Cam Young, 13 under. I was going to say that 21 under on through two rounds was uh, a little bit ridiculous. Um, but Cameron Young is at 13 under here right now. Adam Shank is at 11 under, tied for second. Uh, Garrick Ego is 11 under. Brendan Todd is 11 under as well, tied for second. And then uh, the rookie, Ludwig Aberg, the young guy, he's at 10 under. Uh, tied for fifth currently right now with Denny McCarthy and a couple others. So there we go. Okay, now we got the right leaderboard. I'm not sure why Google would take me to last year's, even though the tournament is literally happening right now um, out in Illinois. But uh, Cameron Young there right now. Not a great field at this event, but that's not really to, that's not really unexpected. 
as you know, guys are gearing up for the Open Championship. You know, you think that they they skip this one, they'll you know head overseas maybe already, or you know just be preparing themselves to head overseas right now. A lot of guys will play the Scottish Open next week. Always a very popular you know lead up event into the Open Championship. Then of course they'll be at Royal Liverpool in two weeks. So not the best field here this week, but still a lot of money up for grabs and. Um, Cameron Young, a guy with a two-shot lead right now heading into the third round that seems like he could be in a very, very uh, good spot to get a win this week. All right, I mentioned there was some history made last week. That, of course, was by Bernhard Longer, okay? The German, former world number one, two-time Masters champion. Uh, he did it. He broke the record for the most wins on the senior tour. He won the U.S. Senior Open last week in Wisconsin, and he had his record-breaking 46th PGA Tour Champions title. Now, of course, you can't play on the Senior Tour until you're 50 years old. Okay, he's 65 right now. That means that Bernhard Longer has won 46, 46 Champions Tour events in 15 years since turning 50. He's only 65. He said, too, that his, his mom turns 100 on August 4th, so he's got good genes. So who lo- knows how long this guy's going to play? But what's crazy to me with Bernhard Longer is the longevity. I mean, like I said, you, you look back at, what, the 90s, he was a world number one. He is a two-time Masters champion, like I said. But it's just the consistency, which is crazy. It's also kind of wild to me that he, he has that much time on his hands. Like, you have to be so committed and dedicated and continuously locked in to win 46 times after you turn 50. I don't think we can truly fathom how much of a commitment that that is, how crazy that is. But, you know, sure enough, he broke the record last weekend, 46 wins on the PGA Tour Champions. His 46th title is insane. And, you know, it it continues to go down as one of the best careers in the history of golf. Because for as, you know, frankly, little he did on the PGA Tour. I mean, he only had three PGA Tour wins. But winning on the PGA Tour is not the only way that you can have success. That you can demonstrate success. That you can categorize it. I mean, there's a lot of multiple different ways in professional golf to determine who's had a successful, legendary career and who has not. The PGA Tour is obviously the highest possible level you can reach. And of course, he won two Masters. But what really is also fascinating is not only does he have these 46 Senior Tour wins, but he also won 42 times on the European Tour, which now, of course, is called the DP World Tour. 42 wins, which is second most all-time on the European Tour. He won on the Asian Tour. He won on the PGA Tour of Australasia. He's won eight times on the European Senior Tour. But it's crazy to have, you know, two careers where you've basically matched as many wins. He has had as many wins after turning 50, basically as he has had prior to turning 50. The man has had two primes, and it's not easy to win on the Champions Tour. But he has managed to keep his length, to remain in great shape, and to stay as one of, 
you know, the best golfers for a 15-year period now on that Champions Tour, and it shows as he once again won this U.S. Senior Open last week. So congratulations are in order to Bernhard Longer. And we have to congratulate Ricky Fowler as well. You know, Ricky Fowler has been one of the darlings of this show. Of course, I have been uh, very open and honest about my appreciation for Ricky Fowler, and I don't think that that's a hot take or anything like that because everyone loves Ricky Fowler. He is one of the, if only the most universally beloved golfer in the current game today. No one has anything bad to say about Ricky Fowler, and why would you? But it has been such a tumultuous last couple of years for him. He basically had to tear everything down and build it back up. He suffered heartbreak once again at LA Country Club as he you know, fell short of winning that elusive major. He was the you know, three-round leader, ultimately falling short as Wyndham Clark, who was paired in that final group with him, who idolized him, ended up winning that tournament, winning that major. He fell short there, faced disappointment, only to come back a couple of weeks later and win the Rocket Mortgage Classic in Detroit last week. And we've all seen the clip by now, but him holding out that putt in the playoff, just looking up to the sky before he gets mauled by his caddy, and understandably so, but the sense of relief, but also the sense of gratitude from Ricky Fowler was really something to see last week. So congratulations to two guys who did some really great things in the last week of golf. Bernhard Longer continues one of the most incredible, unique careers we have ever seen, becoming the winningest all-time player on the PGA Tour champions. And we also have to credit Ricky Fowler there as well, who it's been a long, long road back for him to be a winner once again on a Sunday in a PGA Tour event, and he was able to do that last week. More to come here on the show. As we'll wrap things up, coming up next, before we hand it off to Pat Bostic, after Pat Bostic, you have Bucko Talk hosted by Chris Mack today as Josh Roundtree is on vacation and playing some golf in the Dominican Republic. I saw some great pictures he posted. It seems like an awesome, awesome golf course. Where would you rather be right now? Even though the weather is really, really good to play some golf here today. I got out last night after work. Uh, the conditions were Pure, as they say. So hopefully you're out there getting ready for your round, or maybe you're playing an event today. I know there's one happening with a friend of ours, Jim Colony, at Moon Golf Club today. It is, of course, Fine Jimbo's Balls, one of the best local events of the year. And uh, that is, uh, we'll be teeing off here in about 20 minutes or so. So hopefully you find a lot of Jimbo's Balls today out at Moon Golf Club. But um, we're going to talk a little bit of Open Championship coming up next. As I mentioned, it's two weeks away. So, time to look ahead, and I want to take a peek at the odds. Who does Vegas like? And CBS Sports put out uh, some predictions with their model. One guy that they don't think is going to play very well, one guy they think is going to be a surprise. I'll tell you who those guys are coming up next. is Kale Berger for Going Low, powered by Bowser Chevrolet, and refreshed by Montucky Cold Snacks on 93.7 The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back to the show. Kale Berger with you for Going Low, powered by Bowser Chevrolet. Wrapping things up here before we hand it off to Pat Bostick for the Panthers Insider Show. I know he's having DeMar Hamlin on for a sit-down as it's a big weekend for DeMar Hamlin as Jason M's charity. Uh, I know they have a celebrity softball game today up at uh, Charles L. Cost Field on Pitt's campus. Some NFL guys in attendance, including uh, you know James Conner, some former Pitt teammates of his. Um, so could be a fun event uh, as well. In addition to some other local golf events we got coming up here today as well, including find Jimbo's balls. I'm going to be heading out there in a little bit um, just to check in with Jimbo, make sure everything's good with him. And, uh, you know, maybe I'll get some video of his his normal uh, antics, as we always expect from Jim Colony. Uh, we are two weeks away from the Open Championship, and I looked up this uh, just the odds to see, you know, what Vegas is – thinks of or is considering, you know, heading into the open at uh, Royal Liverpool, you know, kind of who you would expect at the top of uh, the odds. John Rahm, plus 750. Scotty Scheffler, plus 900. Same odds as Roy McIlroy. Uh, those are kind of the the three that are, you know, far and above the favorites right now. Brooks Kepka's at 1,400. Jordan Spieth at 1,800. But uh, I asked, or, or I looked at, uh, you know, this article from CBS Sports, and, you know, they have ran their odds and their prediction models and stuff. You know, they have this uh, simulator that does 10,000 simulations. I sound like Neil Huntington talking about this. But, um, you know, they, you know, went through their simulator and tried to figure out who they think could win and who couldn't. Uh, one of the guys that they think is, you know, going to struggle is Jordan Spieth. Now, that would pretty much line up with exactly what we've seen of late from Jordan Spieth. You know, he's missed the cut three times since the start of May, including he didn't even play the weekend at the U.S. Open. He has not been able to really hit any fairways off the tee. He currently ranks 88th in total driving, and he is... 137th in driving accuracy. He's basically hitting the fairway 55% of the time. And so Jordan Spieth has not been a guy uh, that really this season, um, I mean, he has had some some top fives here and there, but overall, I mean, it has been either a great performance by Jordan Spieth or a terrible performance by Jordan Spieth. So he missed the cut at the U.S. Open, tied for fifth at the Memorial, missed the cut at the Charles Schwab, tied for 29th at the PGA. Missed the cut at the Wells Fargo. Lost in a playoff to Matt Fitzpatrick at the RBC Heritage. He was tied for fourth at the Masters. So he has really been all over the place. And he's either going to finish in the top ten or he's going to miss the cut. But right now, he's missed the cut in three of his last five events. He did have the top five at the Memorial. But 
you know, he is just not hitting the ball well off the tee right now. Now, this is a different type of golf, of course, over there being played uh, in in the UK compared to, you know, what we play over here. And, and Jordan Spieth's been a guy that, you know, has won an Open Championship before and is a guy that, you know, everyone kind of assumes or, or, or always seems to like when he is heading into an Open Championship, okay? Remember, he won he won the Open uh, back in the 16-17 season. So, everyone always kind of likes Jordan Spieth as a trendy pick. I kind of agree with this model from CBS Sports that I don't know that he's necessarily the guy you want to go after and, and put your money on this coming week. The other guy that they like, which is kind of surprising to me, is Colin Morikawa. Now, he, in terms of the odds, he is a plus 2,200, 22-1 to 1 long shot. But in their model, they have Colin Morikawa making a run at this thing. So, he has been, you know, kind of dealing with some back issues recently. You know, he had to withdraw from a, a tournament, uh, you know, recently. It was, yeah, the Memorial. He had to withdraw from the Memorial after shooting a third round 68, you know, he literally was going into the final round. He was going to be in one of the last pairings and then had to withdraw because his back tightened up on him. So he's been dealing with the back issues recently. But, you know, you look at what he has done recently. He lost in a playoff last week to Ricky Fowler at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. He missed the cut at the Travelers. He was tied 14th at the U.S. Open. So these are two guys that haven't exactly done a ton this season so far. I mean, you look at what Colin Morikawa has done this year. I mean, he hasn't won a golf tournament since the Open Championship in 2021. It's been nearly two years since Colin Morikawa has won a golf tournament. You look at Jordan Spieth, it's been over a year since he's won a golf tournament. But the model from CBS Sports, if you're looking to, you know, throw some money down, you want to place a bet on the Open Championship in two weeks, they like Colin Morikawa for some reason. They think he's rounding into form and that his back issues are cleared up. Uh, they don't like Jordan Spieth, and I kind of agree with that one. So I agree with Spieth. <clears throat> I'm skeptical on Colin Morikawa. But hey, he has won an Open Championship before. So is Jordan Spieth, though. So we will see how this ultimately ends up uh, playing out in two weeks at uh, Royal Liverpool as uh, we'll close out the major championship season with the final one of the year. It's been a pretty good season for majors, I would think. I mean, Wyndham Clark probably wasn't the guy that everyone wanted to win. I mean, he definitely wasn't the guy everyone wanted to win. But with the way that, you know, the reception was after, the reaction, his story, and just, you know, it's it's fun, it's cool to have a guy that's a breakthrough. And he wins his first big tournament, and now he has arrived. That was pretty cool with Wyndham Clark at the U.S. Open. But, you know, we, we had... John Rahm winning the Masters. It's always great to see, you know, the world number one, one of the best players in the world, you know, come out on top and just, you know, snatch a tournament from the rest of the field. He was able to do that. And we didn't have necessarily the battle down the stretch that we wanted with Brooks Kepka, But Brooksy was able to come back and win the PGA and get another major in his pocket. We also had, of course, the tremendous story of, of Michael Block at the PGA at Oak Hill as well. So it has been a, a really entertaining year so far in major championship golf. And, you know, now we are going to, you know, see how it all unfolds and the major championship season concludes at Royal Liverpool coming up in two weeks. Little programming note, 
I will not be on the show next week going out of town for a little uh, annual vacation boys trip with my buddies I grew up with from high school. Um, so I'm not sure who's hosting the show yet, but it will be on location at Hickory Heights Golf Course, you know, just a short drive from our studio here in South Fayette Township. So go check us out. Uh, whoever happens to be hosting the show next week, um, but I'm sure it will still be fun and entertaining as always uh, at Hickory Heights. So go check them out there and, and play around as well if you're going out there to tee it up uh, next Saturday. I will talk to you on this show uh, coming up in two weeks. I will talk to you again coming up tomorrow. Same time, 7 o'clock, 7 to 10, I'll be hosting here on the fan. So we'll dive into some Pirates discussion. We'll talk a little golf as well, I'm sure. And, uh, you know, we'll we'll do it again for three hours coming up tomorrow morning. Uh, Coming up next, Pat Bostic has you with the Panthers Insider Show. And uh, I will talk to you coming up tomorrow. Thanks again to Harry Callis for his producing Behind the Glass. And uh, enjoy the golf this weekend. John Deere Classic, if you're getting out there to play yourself, if you're going to find Jimbo's balls, or maybe you're going to watch the uh, U.S. Women's Open as well, as that should have a great finish too uh, coming up this weekend. And we'll have primetime golf once again at Pebble Beach as uh, they're playing on the West Coast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com.